the Action Network Podcast. Uh, playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Super Wild Card Weekend betting preview, where we will talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and of course, crack open our weekly six pack of best bets with the help of my co host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Hey, what's up, brother? Yeah, playoff time is here. You know, it's not the the most exciting wild card weekend I've ever seen, mainly just because some of the quarterback injuries. But that's why we have betting, which always makes the games exciting. I just really wish, and I've, I've said this on Twitter for the last two years a lot, so it might sound like a broken record. But I really wish you just did three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Like, give me the NFL triple header on Saturday and Sunday, and let's. there's no worry about rest or anything. But I don't need a Monday night. I know that that's all about the TV ratings. But, man, I just get me on my couch for three straight NFL playoff games on Saturday and Sunday. And then let's go to the next weekend, which, in my for my money, is the best weekend of the NFL season. And that's the divisional weekend, which should be really good this year. But uh, I'm excited for the playoffs here. And hopefully we we both had a hell of a year. You had an insane year. and uh, But let's let's try to get some winners and keep it going through the Super Bowl. Yeah, ESPN ain't pay Buck and Aikman all that money to not have a Monday night game in the playoffs. I guess that's probably what it is. But yeah, uh, I mean, it always comes down to money. All right, and uh, before we jump in to the show, do want to shout out our guys over on the NFL Best Bets episodes, which is right here on the Action Network podcast. They do shows for us every Friday morning, and they. Been doing a phenomenal job, especially Brandon Anderson and Luke Swain, aka Vegas Refund. They want to combine five and one last week, including a nice hit on the Titans and an under parlay. So be sure to check them out every Friday morning during the playoffs. Also, can uh congratulations is uh in order for you and Sean Kerner for finishing. You both finished, I think, in the top five. Incredible achievement for two of the best in player projections in fantasy. Happy to have them both here at Action. I think you finished third, he finished fifth, or second and fourth, something like that. Yeah, second and fifth. I finished second, he finished fifth. Is there a tilt-worthy thing that you like, oh, man, if this, if I did this, I would have finished first? Or was it that close? Uh, no, nah, I mean, my, my boy Patrick Dorman won. He was killing it all year. Felt good, though, and uh, can't complain about second place. Uh, especially with uh, with Kern also finishing top five. So appreciate the congrats and uh, let's try to keep it going with the pod. Uh, let's jump into the Super Wild Card Weekend six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, you gained a point on me last week. You hit your total. I did not. But you probably week. didn't sweep. Now, yeah, I haven't had a losing like six pack week in terms of the two, the three picks, but in a while. But uh, not nah, honestly. Uh, but it's seventy two fifty three, and uh, you're up first. Where are you going? Did we get our money line dog to sweep last week? By the way, yeah, nice. 
Yeah, so, so close out with a sweep. We won't left- be doing any more of them because it's like <laughs> you know four to six games. But uh, yeah, it was a nice way to close off the regular season six pack. But uh, for my first pick of the wild card weekend six pack, I am going with the Baltimore Ravens plus eight and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm assuming no Lamar Jackson. I'm assuming Tyler Huntley's going to start. I know there's a lot of uh, ramblings out there that Anthony Brown's going to start again whose turnovers led directly to 21 early Cincinnati points last week. But I'm pretty sure that Huntley's going to start. Um, he didn't throw in the media portion, but he was he could have started last week if they really wanted the game and didn't bench everybody. Um, if worse comes to worse, you do have some Anthony – like Anthony Brown at least got some experience and did settle in late. Um, but if for this game in particular, what I want is – I mean, with Lamar Jackson not healthy – and I've heard many different clicking stories. I just assume maybe it's contract, maybe it's not. Now I'm hearing it's not. And then he start this afternoon. He started liking tweets about like trashing the Bengals. So I don't know um, what exactly is going on. It should be interesting to watch. But I'm assuming I think he's Tyler just hurt. Here. I think he's just hurt, bro. Yeah, like, but so like... <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I'm, I'm thinking too. And like swelling in the knee. Yeah. It's a playoff game. Does he risk it? Organization want to risk it in his contract here? I don't know. So, but there is like, I think a small percentage chance. That maybe he tries to play. But I was in the sports book this weekend in Vegas, and people were asking me, would you rather want like north of a touchdown without Lamar or near a field goal with him? And I was like, I, I want give me over the touchdown in this game, which I think is going to be lower scoring. And plus, Lamar is going to, he's just missed his 16th straight practice. There's going to be rust there. And what I want in this game is just, hey, we're going to line up, we're going to run the ball. And with Hudley, with Hudley in there, you don't have the turnover risk. Now he's not going to kill. He's not going to throw the ball over the field. Very limited as a passer. He's going to take a couple shots deep on the outside, and then he's going to try to throw it to Mark Andrews, uh, you know, ten times in this game. And but but there's a couple things that why I think that the Ravens have value in this game at above a touchdown. Their ceiling is really limited now as as far as a contender. But they were they you know as a they could win this game and then they could be a feisty dog that'll cover next week in Kansas city. And that's probably it if, without a healthy Lamar Jackson, but the Bengals, this Bengals team, not enough people are talking about the offensive line injuries. And if you remember when they played new England three weeks ago and Collins went out and that second half was a mess. Burrow was under pressure the entire game Then I'm watching last week. And as, as someone who had a, a Ravens ticket, when that line went up too much, you know, then you lose Alex Kappa, who's been one of their best pass protectors and, best offensive lineman in general. So now you're talking, and he's out, and, and, and Collins is out too. So now you're talking about Hakeem Adenogy and Max Sharpring on the right side of that offensive line, and they are both horrendous in pass coverage. And if you saw that Ravens defense, which you know wasn't at full strength last week, they were getting pressure on Burrow. Um, and Burrow, who has struggled when facing the Ravens, when both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are in there, he had a long touchdown pass last week, and it was with – Daryl Worley one on one against uh, Jamar Chase, which is hilarious because Worley hadn't played all year, wasn't supposed to even play in the game, and then people got sick and they just decided to hold out some others. But he hasn't been great, and I think that Ravens are going to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And this is going to be a it's going to be a divisional war. What is home field really worth here? Not that much. It's already a divisional game. The Ravens were just here. Um, and they actually got their key players rest last week. This is as healthy as they'll be in a while. And I, I, I want this game to be run, to, you know, throw it to Mark Andrews a couple times on third down, take a couple shots, punt. Special teams, huge advantage here. Coaching, huge advantage here. 
And, and now you have the, the Bengals chirping that the Ravens were taking cheap shots last week. It's like, what are you worried about the Ravens? So they had eight starters out playing their third string undrafted free edge quarterback. So there's like, a, are the Ravens in the Bengals head a little bit? I don't know. But anything over a touchdown here is a classic hardball playoff spot who's 5-0 and straight up and against the spread on the road in the wild card round in his career, uh, covering by 16 points per game in those five games. Um, he's also the most profitable coach against the spread on the road uh, in NFL history. Um, this is just an organizational game where the Ravens – and, look, the total is sitting at 41. I think it'll be super low scoring. Last week actually gave me a lot of encouragement for how they can look in this game with Huntley in there and just, okay, let's play field position. Um, and, they, you know, they can match up. This defense, since Roquan Smith has arrived, has been arguably the best in the NFL. Their special teams are arguably the best in the NFL. I Anything over a touchdown here is all is all I was waiting for. So I'll happily take the Ravens here and what I think will be like a, a very close game throughout. Yeah, it's, you know, this Raven team, I mean, it's all defense, I feel like, for them at this point. But uh, it's like the third divisional matchup, second in two weeks. You wouldn't expect it to go crazy like you would expect kind of a tight game. And like you said, these I are think- the game. These are the exact games from 2006 to 2011 when the Ravens would go up to, to uh, New England. They just had defense and special teams. They would catch seven or eight every time, and it would always be a field goal game against peak Brady. So I have a lot of respect for this Bengals team there, and obviously Joe Burrow, the receivers. But the offensive line injuries are key here because Burrow, I think, is going to be under pressure. They're not going to blitz a ton. They were getting pressure without blitzing. Uh, I think the Ravens are just going to turn into turn this into a bloodbath. Um, and like most of their games over without since Lamar Jackson's gone down, it's like 17, 13, 20 to 17, try to make it in that neighborhood. And I think they can, similar to the first time they met uh, in Baltimore when the Ravens won, I think, 1917. Yeah, you know, I, and I'll have something on this game uh, in a bit with uh, in relation to that offensive line. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. For my first pick in the second overall of the wild card weekend six pack, I'm going with the New York Giants plus three at the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, you know, to me, this is just the best underdog on the slate here. Uh, the Giants are on paper, they're a better team. And, uh, you know, they're, they're facing this Viking team for the second time. Not only do they match up well with them from a schematic standpoint, you know, Giants play a ton of man. Kirk Cousins uh, has struggled versus man almost a yard per attempt lower against man than zone. He's also uh, 34th to 42 quarterbacks uh, in PFF grade versus the blitz at 59.9 and the Giants blitz most in the league. But uh, also you have this second matchup and the, the Giants actually, you know, rested everybody got they're getting healthy. Looks like Adoree Jackson should be back, but they outgained this Minnesota team 445, 353 in the first matchup. And you look at Minnesota and it, what happened to the teams uh, that faced them twice. In the first meeting against Green Bay, Minnesota wins 23-7. In the rematch, Green Bay wins 41-14. In the first meeting with Detroit, Minnesota 28-24. Second meeting, Detroit wins 34-23. So I think the Giants are going to have an edge here, uh, being that they rested everyone, just were able to prepare for this Minnesota team. Uh, and are facing them a second time because this Minnesota team is not that hard to beat. I mean, the Giants came up just short in the first matchup, had a couple turnovers, but 
uh, as I said, outgained them by nearly 100 yards. And that's kind of been the story with Minnesota. Uh, they, they've gotten outgained in most of their games. And this giant defense, uh, not great statistically, but does step up in, in situational spots, third down, red zone, top five in both. So uh, all I need is a couple stops here but because I don't really think the Giants are, are outmatched at all in this game. Uh, and wild card road dog seven or less, 29 and 18, 62% against the spread. Uh, since 2003 and Brian Dable has actually won you know six of 11 if you throw out the game where they were resting starters as a money line underdog uh, tied one as well so I uh, love the Giants in this spot I think they have the best uh, upset chances uh, of anyone this uh, on this wild card weekend yeah but they should have won that first game the, the only thing there's a a stat that you'll see floated out there since 2002 quarterbacks making their first NFL yeah. playoff start against quarterbacks who have won or, or 18 36 straight up 17. 36 and one against the spread. Um, that obviously doesn't apply when you have two quarterbacks who play, who are making their first first start, but it does apply here. But uh, yeah, this, this, this Minnesota team is not good all year. They, they, they escape with wins. And the, what do the giants do? They just keep games close. They ugly them up. They shine in this game uh, as in, in this role as a, a road underdog have already been to Minnesota. This year helps with the familiarity factor. Uh, and I would agree. And that will lead me, into my second pick and the third overall of the wildcard weekend six pack. And that's uh, a teaser. So if we are not going to have, we don't have bets on all six sides. So the six pack for this week, you can bet really anything. Uh, I'm going to tease the giants up from three and to nine. I mean, again, we just talked about this. The Vikings won 11 straight games at one point by one possession and the giants, all they do is cover as road underdogs. I also, Lean them in this spot with you here. So I'll tease them through, you know, three, four, six, seven, up to nine. And then I'm going to tease them with the Tampa Bay Bucks from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Um, I think that this line would have been three if the Cowboys didn't get slaughtered last week by Washington. And they kind of downtrended to end the year. Dak Prescott has been struggling of late. Their pass defense has been struggling of late. There's, you know, I would look at Tampa here as a play, but I am a little worried about their center play, which is why I feel safer teasing this. So is Ryan Jetson going to play? He'd be a huge addition to this team. If you get him back, Hal, he hasn't played at all this year, but he has started practicing. How effective will he be? I don't know because his backup also got hurt. So there's questions at center. And then, you know, the Cowboys, that's the one thing that they can do really well on defense is generate pressure. And if you do that up the, up the gut, that's really what can give Brady problems. But uh, teasing this uh, up from, you know, through three, four, six, seven, up to eight and a half. I'm very comfortable with that here, especially with the defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> the Bucks have, they've really not been fully healthy for most of the season, right? You either had, how many times did they have their secondary fully intact with Hicks and Vea up front? Not many times. And that's why some of their stats, which are look very perplexing for this defense, like 20th in the NFL in first round run defense. But if you look at games that, Hicks and Vea played together, which they will be here, and their secondary is fully intact. They were six and one with Hicks and Vea in the lineup, two and seven without them. And when they did play, 3.9 yards per rush allowed, 15 points per game. When they didn't, 4.8 rush yards per attempt allowed, over a, almost a yard more, and they allowed 25 points per game. So they make a huge difference up front. And I think right now, with this Dallas offense, if you can really slow down their early down runs, which I think Tampa will be able to do here, 
Uh, and I think you're going to see a lot of man coverage on the back end. Dak's really struggling against man right now. I think go back to that Philadelphia game when he went 25 of 25 against zone with 300 yards and three touchdowns. And then was like one of nine with a pick against, against man. But I think you're going to see heavy man here, you know, some pressure on Prescott. who's just really struggling. He's not his, he's, I don't think he's trusting his reads. He's not seeing the field well. Uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing for a guy who missed as much time as he did that l- led the league at interceptions. So I think that there's more turnover risk here on the Dallas side. And I think this Tampa Bay defense might be the deciding factor. But the offensive line gives me enough pause where I'm just more comfortable teasing this with a really strong teaser piece in the Giants up from three to nine. So, yeah, for my second pick, I'm going to go Giants and Bucks teaser. Yeah, I like that. I like the Bucks too. I think I think Dallas could be in trouble. I mean, the reason Dak is struggling is because nobody could get open aside from CeeDee Lamb. And yeah. CeeDee Lamb struggled a lot in this in the first matchup against Tampa Bay. I think he was he caught two of eleven targets for uh like minimal yardage. If that happens again, I mean, yes, you have Gallup, you didn't have Gallup the first time, but Gallup's not really a guy who's getting a lot of separation. Not Noah Brown isn't either. That's why they're they brought T.Y. Hilton out of essentially retirement and they're giving you know they're giving him a meaningful role because they can't get guys open. So this yeah, could be a problem. The, yeah, you're, that's a good point, bringing up that first matchup. That first matchup kind of speaks to a lot of the things that I was just talking to because that's when the Bucks defense was healthy. It was week mm-hmm. one of the regular season. They won that game 19 to 3. And that was despite Dallas was getting pressure on Brady throughout that game. So that could happen again, but it was the Bucks defense that really won that game for them. And, uh, you know, coming into the NFL playoffs, I, I, you know, the lines are going to be really, it's the NFL market. We've had 18 weeks. Um, what I look, try to look for is matchup advantages um, that I really believe in or units that I think are undervalued for various reasons or on the opposite end. Um, and I think for these first two bets, like, I've been saying that the Ravens defense has been just completely underrated since, because you look at some of their season long metrics, they don't look great, but I think this is an elite defense. And then the the Bengals offensive line injuries aren't be accounted for. And I think in this game, it's the Bucks defense now at full, you know, basically mm-hmm. at full strength that isn't being properly accounted for because coming into the season, this is one of the best defenses in the NFL on paper and then dealt with just injuries at every unit throughout the season. And now it's like, all right, after rest last week, they're going to come in here as you know, a pretty close to a full full strength unit outside of um, you know their their best pass rusher who they adjusted to since. Yeah, and they're at home. You know, don't underestimate that. You know, Dallas. I mean, it, they only lost a couple games down that stretch with with Dak, but they were costly. That game against Green Bay, they could have had. Uh, they were yeah. up big in the second half, and then that game against Jacksonville, they should have had. And if they did that, maybe they wouldn't have to go on a road here. Uh, you know, to, to Tampa Bay because this is a, not a matchup that Dallas wants. I think they could lose this game 19 3 again. So yep. uh, I like the pick. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, for my second pick and the fourth overall of the wild card six pack, I'm going with the Bills first half team total over 14. And uh, I think this Buffalo team is going to come out pretty hot here against Miami. Uh, This is just what Buffalo has been doing at home this year. 
if you look at their first half splits, uh, home and road, it's just night and day. At home, 19.7 first half points per game, first in the NFL. And then you look at Miami, 18.6 first half points per game allowed, 31st in the NFL. Uh, Buffalo has scored above 14 in six of the eight home games they've played. Miami's allowed 17 plus uh, in the first half in seven of its nine road games. Skyra Thompson is going to get to start now, which means it's going to be harder for them to sustain drives. And uh, I, I think you're still at a turnover risk. You know, I, he hasn't had a, a bunch of egregious ones yet, but it's Skyra Thompson in a playoff game. So I think there's a lot of different ways the Bills could score, uh, kind of reminiscent of how they came out against, against the Patriots last year. Uh, I think they put up 40 in both playoff games uh, a year ago. Uh, so I expect them to come out hot. Uh, you know, this game, it, it could get weird because Skyward Thompson, I mean, Miami, if Miami doesn't get offense going, I don't know how the second half plays out. Uh, that's why I'm going with the first half. Don't don't hate the the full game team total over either. Uh, this Miami defense, I, I just, I don't think it's that great. It's been a tiny bit better than it was early in the year, but they just don't have enough, uh, in my opinion, to handle Buffalo here. Uh, even with uh, even with Bradley Chubb, and now you have a that quarterback really changes everything because at least with you know a guy like Tua, you know you were moving the ball up and down the field, you were you had, you had possessions. Now it's like every every uh, you're you're at risk of three and out every time you you get on offense. So give me the Bills over fourteen in the first half. Yeah, if they're like roll, if they're rolling here. You know, in the second half, and then the Dolphins' offense is doing nothing. You can that, that's why. I, yeah, I. I could see why you'd be a little more hesitant on the full game. It's like, all right, we might have to go to play the Bengals and the Chiefs. Let's just shut this down and go conservative, right? There's no reason to run it up in the in the playoffs. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, by the way, it's awesome to see Hamlin's out of the hospital, like yes, doing okay. If they, if they, this will now. This is all anecdotal, but I I would like it for the bet too. If he comes out to like the they act like he leads them out of a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And then there's a. I, I wish I was there even last week. Yeah. After all that happened with the kick return to start the game, that looked the uh, uh, electric at the, in that stadium. Uh, but this is where I think that 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 stat where it's first time starting quarterbacks in the playoffs against quarterbacks with experience. This is where that could really hurt you because you know when you have you know like Scott Thompson has such limited experience. Now you're on the road in a hostile environment and you're playing a team that you're most likely not going to be able to stop. And then you're, you're it's going to be on you now with your limited experience in the playoffs on the road in a hostile environment. It, that's going to be on you to try to keep your team in the game or try to come back. And that usually ends in disaster in a playoff atmosphere like this. So that's where this stat really could be applicable. So, yeah, I agree with you there. And that'll lead me into my third pick and the fifth overall, the wild card weekend six pack. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I don't know where you're going to go with it, um, but I'm going to. I'm going to take the Bills. Mm-hmm. Gonna, again, this is a good little uh, transition here. Take the Bills money line, and I'm going to pair the Bills with the Chargers. Um, you could say, why not lay two, two and a half of the Chargers? I'm like, well, this is the Chargers. There's a there's a 90% chance they win this game. They win by one. Um, but uh, I'm really confident the Bills winning. The Chargers just find ways to win weird, fluky games and keep teams in it. But when I look at this game, the biggest differentiating factor for me, and the Chargers have been great on the road all year. They're seven to two against the spread. They've traveled well when they've come out here, and they don't have a great home field advantage. So, like, it's not. A, I don't mind betting the Chargers on the road here, but I think that, and their defense is getting healthier. They're trending in the right direction. I do believe Mike Williams is going to play, but we'll see. But I, I, there's certain coverages that um, 
there's certain coverages that Trevor Lawrence has struggled with in particular this year. This is a really smart defensive staff. I don't know about the offensively and their play calling. Um, so I think that their defense is going to be ready here and have a really good game plan that confuses Trevor Lawrence. But I think that most importantly, the, what differentiates this game for me is two up-and-coming quarterbacks. I, I trust Herbert a little more right now. But I think the worst unit in this game by far is the Jaguars' pass defense. And I think ultimately that's what will decide this game. Even if the Chargers are down late, I think they can come back. The, the Jags have a bottom three pass defense to me. They also are 31st defending the short pass, which I think that's massive here because one of my biggest complaints, I think it's a lot of people's complaints, is they the Chargers don't let Justin Herbert throw the ball down the field enough, right? And they're not aggressive enough, and it's a lot of short passes, um, and especially on early downs. I think that'll work here. And also, I think that the Jags, you know, when I spoke to, like, what's undervalued, overvalued, the Jags played nobody all year from a pass defense perspective. They're the easiest schedule of opposing quarterbacks that they faced look no further than their division. They, I mean, they're facing, I mean, they, finished, they, they had to win the division by beating Josh Dobbs. You know, you're playing the Texans twice, you're playing the Colts twice. Uh, and then you played some other teams when they had injuries at receiver and quarterback. So if you look at their schedule, it, it, it was as easy it can get as it can get for a pass defense that we came into the season. So this is their biggest weakest, weakness by far. Uh, it was the one thing that almost scared me from not betting them to win the division but i was like well we don't have to worry about you know great passing offenses in this division now you do now you're going up against justin herbert i think that's ultimately the difference here i think that the chargers defense will confuse lawrence into a, a mistake or two and justin herbert should be able to carve up this pass defense that just really got a pass for most of the season so give me the chargers money line pair with the bills money line, get a little plus money you get a little another game that, that could entertain you if you're looking for another bet if you don't follow uh Ravens, Bills, team total, which I also like. But the biggest reason here is Jags, Pasty. Curious to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, this one, I, honestly, I'm struggling a little bit with this game because, you know, I I, kind of, I do agree. I think, you know, we, we've kind of talked about Trevor Lawrence. There's been certain coverages. Uh, and it's But the numbers have kind of flipped a little bit. You know, it started out, it was a lot of those man coverages, now a little more of the zones. But uh, it, I, I just can't get a good feel for the Jags because of their schedule. You know, it's like, they have this winning streak. They did beat Dallas, which was a good win. In like that was really the only good win that they had, and they put up 500 yards of offense. We also just yeah. saw Dallas get destroyed, uh, yeah, and they've kind of been fading a little bit. Now I don't mind the Chargers. I think they're more likely to win this game. This Jags offense, uh, I think, is is solid, but some they sometimes I just feel like like they don't take that next step. You know, like I feel like they should be putting up more points in certain spots, and they don't. Uh, so you know. I, I would I would lean charges as well. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't hate it. But it's a it's a tough game to cap for me, honestly. Um, I'm, that's why I didn't make a pick on it. For yep. my third and the sixth overall of the wild card weekend six pack, I'm going with a prop. I'm going with Joe Mixon under 85 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. And this is something... the Super Bowl Super Bowl rem, uh, memories from Mixon props. Right. Um, yeah. So P Ryan Mixon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's what ended up deciding it too. I think I went like two and one or one and zero, oh, and you went zero oh and three on props. Like it was something ridiculous where I was like, yep. P Ryan was the difference. I think. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I you know I my model I have Mixon projected for seventy eight yards average. Now the average is different than the median. You know we project the average and then we kind of derive the median from that. So a seventy eight average means the median is 
about 75, 74. And that is massive value when you're talking about a line that's at 85 and a half. And so I'll just kind of go through it, you know, not with the numbers, but just kind of break it down. Baltimore, great run defense, uh, seventh in yards per carry allowed to running backs at 3.94. Uh, they held Mixon to 11 for 27 on the ground last week. So it's going to, you're going to put a lot of pressure on him to catch passes, I think, to, to hit this total. And he has been catching a ton of passes, but his route participation rate uh, for the year, he averages a, a, a route on 50% of the dropbacks, but he hasn't actually hit that number since week eight. Heron has been getting more and more uh, usage on passing downs, and that's something that we saw last postseason, so I don't expect it to just revert back, but I actually have Mixon projected pretty generously for a 50%, even though he hasn't hit that uh, in you know half the year just because that's the season average, and, uh, and, he, and he still falls well short. He still uh, comes out to 78 uh, total rushing and receiving yards. So, And then you have this Baltimore team, you know, talked about it, great on defense, wants to run the ball on the other side, could shorten the game. And then on top of that, you have the Bengals offensive line issues. Not only does that make it harder to run with efficiency, but you might have to keep mixing in to block on, a, on an extra snap or two. So no. you have just a lot of different things, I think, working in, in your favor uh, in terms of mixing going under this one. Uh, and of course, you know, if, if you're, if you're right about the, the Ravens, making it closer than than people think that also helps because probably the worst thing that could happen is if Mixon just you know, runs 25 times for like 55 yards you know like yep. just just slamming them into a wall so that that's how this prop would probably lose but uh, I'm just showing massive value here uh, on this number it's early in the week so I'm sure you know people haven't really taken too much of a look at props probably why the, the number is up as it is but uh, yeah I have I have the median about 10 10 yards lower. So uh, if you're listening and, and it's moved down, uh, I would still feel comfortable uh, betting it into the, uh, into the mid seventies. Yeah. I think that, and that, that speaks to some of the things why I like the Ravens. I mean, they're Rundy too. You, you mentioned the Rundy looks good all year, but their Rundy is number one EPA per rush since Roquan Smith got there. And mm -hmm. it's just basically just no one's been able to run on them. And then the Bengals offensive line, I don't think is being accounted for. And this is as well, what you mentioned. So yeah, and if this game is lower scoring and closer, like I think it will be, then yeah, that also helps the props. So yeah, I, I love this as well. I'll uh, I'll be joining with a, a rare NFL prop. So I'm fan to get it, get it while it lasts. Let's recap this because we got this is not the normal six pack. Uh, again, just open it up to any kind of bet here since uh, the market is pretty efficient, as you can tell uh, in terms of the sides uh, and even the totals. I think. Uh, so Stuck has the Ravens plus eight and a half at the Bengals, the, teasing the Giants up to nine and the Bucks up to eight and a half. And then the, parlaying the Chargers money line with the Bills money line. I have the Giants plus three, the Bills first half total, team total over 14, and Joe Mixon under 85 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. That is our six pack. Let's jump into the wild card weekend. Coach's pep talk. You are not losers. You don't suck. What you do is not stupid. And I don't give a shit who tells you that. All right. This week's coach's pep talk is an actual real life coach's pep talk. It's the leaked audio of Georgia coach Kirby Smart before Monday night's college football national championship game. Who do we want to dedicate this to? I think we should should we dedicate it to Todd Bowles here? I don't think it would really 
impact <laughs> Todd Bowles. He's just like Todd Bowles tells Brady, we got to throw it to like like McDaniel. We have to, uh, let's see, McDaniels maybe. I feel like McDaniel has no chance though. I don't think he. I don't think a cup talk's doing any good for him. Well, that's what I need. He's going to need okay. a historically great uh, Harbaugh, uh, Shanahan. They have. They potentially could have. All, we're, they're all starting third string quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think we should dedicate it to all the all the first time quarterbacks and third stringers that might have to start because they're going to need to come out. You can't get behind. They're going to have to come out fired up and make a play early. So yeah, we have all these backups potentially starting. Let's dedicate it to all of them. All right, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Skyra Thompson. Uh, Tyra Huntley slash Anthony Brown. I mean, Trevor Lawrence first time. Justin Herbert first time. Yeah, yeah. Dak Prescott could usually use a pep talk. I could use a pep talk after his play recently too. Like, yeah, he got to stop throwing picks, man. So all the quarterbacks, Josh Allen, do not throw a red zone pick. That would just, I could see that screwing me. So this goes out to all the quarterbacks except Joe Burrow. <laughs> he doesn't need a pep talk. Yo, your ass is prepared for this shit for fucking 365 but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. Just one game. You got Seattle going to San Francisco. I mean, Seattle in the playoffs, man. Woo! Not many people saw that coming. Uh, Niners favored nine and, by nine and a half. The total was 42 and a half. Uh, I did think about the under for this game, but then I, I know Seattle and San Francisco played a low scoring game, but then I'm looking like every other game, San Francisco puts up 30 plus. So I, I don't really trust this thing to stay under. I mean, you're going to get a good game plan, even if it's run heavy uh, from Shanahan. But uh, what do you think about, about this one? Yeah, I'm kind of tempted to take the points like the take. I, I want 10. And then I was looking under if I get 43, it's kind of, it's a key number now since pushing the extra point back. A lot of familiarity here. We've seen the 49ers just, botch this they just don't cover these numbers a lot you know against teams that they're familiar with and they'll win they're just too conservative at times now granted they've been a little different lately but just Mm -hmm. now you have to count on purdy like not having some jitters i I get it gino smith has never made a playoff start either but he's been around for like gino how do we forget gino yeah gino Gino smith too uh so yeah it's the weekend of inexperienced quarterbacks but uh but that Purdy, like, is he is he going to throw an early pick? Is an early pick or two? Is he going to have some jitters here? Now the problem is, San Frank can come out and and, and they're just going to they can heavy run all over Seattle, and we've talked about Seattle's uh, issues in defending the run. But if I can get ten flat, um, and then under forty three is what I first wanted to look at. But it's not like I I'm not in love with it. Um, this game's pretty ugly. Is this the Saturday after first Saturday afternoon game? Yep. Yeah, it always is. The first Saturday afternoon game is always the least appetizing. Um, so yeah, I might play Seattle small if I can get ten. If, the, if San Fran takes some more money, it's just on a gut feel. Like I'm, I'm close to. I, I'm actually I make it actually closer to eight. So if I can get ten, I'll look like nine and a half. It's not enough to of a difference to play. But I, you know, even though I make it around eight, um, and that's still with just some uncertainty with Purdy, and it gets to ten, I, you know, that's not a, like, taking into account my fear of. San Fran just running downhill in them all game. 
Yeah, that I, and they could very well do. That. I mean, reminiscent of what was it that Green Bay game a couple years yeah. ago? Um, you know, last year it wasn't. You know, last year they played close games every every week. Uh, but I mean, Pete Carroll, give him credit. Maybe you know, third time they covered last time uh, after getting blown out the first time. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's tough for me. I'll probably look at a prop or something like that. What maybe Elijah Mitchell or one of those those guys because I think McCaffrey's probably going to be too inflated, but. Yeah, I see at Seattle at 10, under at 43 or better. I, I'm not strong about it. I mean, these lines are pretty, pretty yeah. damn sharp. But I, some of the under, though, because I, I get it because I think San Fran will be in the ball, but I think maybe Purdy's going to have, you know, they, the thing that can work in both of these, these favors, if Seattle comes out, it's kind of like that home game. They got to sell out against the run. And then you got Purdy's got to make a mistake early. And you got to, you can't get down in this game. Like, because then San Fran can just still lean on the run. They don't have to ask Purdy to do anything. Carroll, like his MO in big games like this, he's going to try to establish the run, try and, you know, be I, he's conservative early on. So, yeah, I, I can make cases for different sides of this game, which is, which is always the fear. But from a numbers perspective, it gets to 10, it gets to 43. I would have a small edge on the Seahawks in the under, but it's nothing I'm in love with here, which is why it was left out of uh, our six-pack. Yeah, Seattle is, you know, they have Kenneth Walker. And they're going to try to, like you said, just run them down. Maybe a first half under. I don't know. You know, but. Could see it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I guess, well, let's, before we leave, that's pretty much it. We, should we take a stab at saying right now who beats who in the Super Bowl? Oh, oh you want to, we, I mean, we could just do Moneyline Dogs. Just, you know, like, just for the people. Instead All right, of like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do you know it. know what I mean? Just. <laughs> Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. Who you got? All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do Moneyline Dogs for the people. I have a feeling, like, so I don't think this, I have a feeling you're going to go to the Giants, but I'll see. But I I don't think that the Seahawks can win. Um, And they could, but I just, I'm not betting it. I don't think that Miami has a shot. Um, And... It's got to be the Ravens. We're going Baltimore Ravens, baby. In Cincy, Ooh. 20 to 17 final score. Tucker walk off field goal. Ooh, I like it. All right. All right. I, you know what? Since I went with the Giants already, I'll actually go with the Bucks because I, I feel like the Bucks have a really good shot at winning uh, this game. It, it, you're not getting much on the money line. It's uh, plus 116, but I think Dallas is that, – that's a tough opponent, especially, uh, like you said, if the Bucks are healthier on defense, which they will be uh, at home – uh, it just doesn't bode well. Dallas not playing well uh, lately. Just uh, getting bad bad vibes here from the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, yeah, I love it. All right, so Ravens, Bucks, and for uh, one trend that I forgot that did shock me that I forgot to mention: um, double digit underdogs in the wild card round, one in seven against the spread the yeah, last twenty yes. years. Yeah, that's why. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm I don't hate Buffalo to be honest. <laughs> you like, yeah, like I thought about laying it. I just, I mean, it's just. Weighing what thirteen points is tough. Uh, that's why I, you know, I might actually weigh. You know, the first half you can find some six and a halfs juiced up. Maybe you do that too. But I'm I'm trying yeah. to find different ways to invest in Buffalo. Laying the thirteen just feels kind of steep. But uh, I actually don't hate it. I just with Skylar Time, I and mean, I know they got some talent on on the skill positions, but with Skylar, you also Tom, have what? Which is that? Waddle's banged up. He didn't he didn't yeah. practice today, right? Um, I mean, that's his usual. I th- I think he'll be fine. He tends not to practice, but. Um, Hill got banged up in the last game. I know that. Yeah. I'm more worried about the Bills' offense, to be honest. I mean, 
the, the Dolphins, they're going to have to keep up with the Bills to, to like cover that number. And without without Tua, it's just going to be – even with Teddy, I think it would be tough. So Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we got Ravens plus 310, Bucks uh, plus 116. We'll see how that plays out. I do like the Giants to win, obviously, as well. But, uh, you know, we already talked about them. So, uh, we'll get, show some love to the Bucks. That's going to do it for the Wild Card Weekend Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Of course, you can follow Stucky in the Action Network app at Stucky2 and me at Chris Raybon, where you can find all of our bets uh you can track your own as well you can also find all of the content in the app or on actionnetwork.com and uh we'll be back next week keep doing this so until next time let's get this money action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem Help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.